everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. And thanks for everybody who listened to my last episode on Sword Art Online Alternative Gungale Online. I had more fun than I anticipated watching that show and talking about that show. So thanks for tuning in for that. Um, but I don't really have much to say here, so I want to just jump straight into what we're talking about. And that is a little show called, and this is a mouthful, let's see if I can get it right, Hakata Tonkansu Ramen. jump straight into this show as opposed to kind of giving a longer intro as I have in some past episodes is for two reasons. A, this is, I'm going to call it Hakata Ramens for sake of abbreviation and my sanity, is a, a, it's a show that kind of layers on characters and plot devices and uses a kind of setting that we're all vaguely familiar with, but in a way that I think is interesting. And I, I, so this is something you might not know about me. I have this kind of fantastic idea of, like, if there was a kind of anime world I would inhabit, it would be, Um, the kind of, like, back-alley, seediness, seedy, low-life, outlaw lifestyle thing. I'm not saying I would do well in that, although I'd like to think I would. But I, I have a kind of deep appreciation for those environments in anime, and there are a couple of them. Um, the ones that come to mind are, um, Roenipur from Black Lagoon, um, The City from Gangsta, I don't know what it was called, 
the best parts about Gangster are all stylistic, and its portrayal of, like, this back alley, backwater underworld is kind of, it's definitely one of its, if not the best part of that property as a whole, not even the anime or manga, but both of them, all of them. So, I, and there are other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head because I've had a little bit of a week. But, um, so I, I've always appreciated these kinds of shows, and I've always appreciated that anim- that anime specifically has a flair for showing these kinds of like not just not just like dark like black makeup, black nail polish, all black everything kind of like idea of like man, that's that's such a dark reality. And no, what they what they what certain anime allow themselves to do with a more like outlaw persona to their storytelling is they allow a depiction of that kind of like dark underbelly of society to come through that less concerned about making the viewers think, oh man, these guys are hot shit, and more concerned with depicting something that just exists irrespective of the viewer watching. And what I mean by that is, and actually Cowboy Bebop is a great variation on this. Um, If you have ever seen the first, so I'm going to, spoil the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, but if you if you're this deep in, if you're listening to me on the internet week to week or even just this one time, hello, um then you've probably seen the first at least the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. But in the first episode of Cowboy Bebop you come it opens on Spike in like a poncho and a sombrero sleeping on a chair in this, like, sleepy, like, Mexican-themed bar on Earth. And it's, like, it's the first time you encounter Spike. It's the first time you encounter, kind of, uh, two of the four two of the four main cats, as well as it has an obligatory moment with the old men from Cowboy Bebop. If you don't know who the old men from Cowboy Bebop are, uh, I don't know what to do for you, man. But, um... It gives this feeling to the world that that was there anyway, and you just happen to be seeing that location at each location in Cowboy Bebop at the time. A more recent great version of this is um, a show that came out that I talked about on this very podcast um, called Megalobox. And Megalobox has just really, really excellent world-building and thought put into the way that the way that you encounter its world. And Hakata Tonkansu Ramen, I said the whole thing again, but Hakata Ramen has that aspect to it. The the characters aren't just 
Um, Dura-Ra actually is the best kind of one-to-one example because it has Dura-Ra has the same feel to it, but with as Hakata Ramen's. So if you if you like Alex, what is Hakata Ramen's kind of like? What's its nearest? What's its nearest like concept? I would liken it to Dura-Ra without the supernatural elements because. Like Dora, Hakata Ramen gives you all of these characters and gives doesn't just give you the viewer all of these characters, but gives the show all of these characters to do things with and to play with constantly and like bounce characters off of other characters, like have different storylines that weave through, introduce characters in one way and then use them in a totally different way. But somewhat unlike a lot of these shows, and even unlike Dora or Dorarara, um, the uh, cast of Kataraman has a really human bend to them. Like, the, like there are there are funny moments like, crammed into serious scenes, and there's serious moments crammed into funny scenes, and it it had this human feel, and it had this... its Its characters are less, like, slightly superhuman than, say, someone in Dora, or even something in Cowboy Bebop. And you, so you come in on Hakata Ramen's at following this character named, um, I think Lin. Uh, I, I watched the dub, I should say. The, the dub is available on, the dub is available on Funimation. For what that's worth. But, uh, so you, you follow, I think it's Lin. Um, Lin something. He he has a, an explicitly Chinese name. Um, yeah, Lin 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 Xiaoming is the kind of the character you're following through this this kind of this cross section of this story's world, basically. Um, and I should say this is based off of a light novel. I don't know if it's a series, but I would I would actually imagine it is. And you encounter all these different characters, all these different personalities. Um, one of the characters you encounter in the first in the first episode is this character named Saito, and Saito is like this this kind of well-meaning, but like businessman who has slightly no moral compass um and basically this show railroads him into being framed for a murder and so the the deal with Hakata the the city there the section of the city they're in is that it's like a, it's known as a hangout for like everything from gangster from gangsters to hitman to 
prostitutes, all the like back alley doctors, like re re people you can hire to exact revenge, all kinds of bullshit. And um, there are so Saito is this character who's for the purpose of like letting you know that this this kind of underworld will chew people up and spit them out the first chance it gets. It frames Saito and I forget what forget what gets him from point A to B in this scenario, but at some point and this, so so every once in a while when you're watching an anime, you just like a point in the anime when you're like Oh, I'm in. I like even if I don't watch all of this at once, I'm in. I will finish the show absolutely no questions asked. And the point at which I was in for this show was the the scene where Saito, I forget why, but Saito is for some reason in a strip club getting a lap dance and it was, like, just tucked into the episode for a few seconds, but it was so, it was so, it had a, it had such an honesty to that character, it plopped in this world, that I was just like, I'm, I'm all the way in, like, I, not only do I want to find out what happened to this guy, I want to figure out what's happening with Lynn. Or figure out what's going with this, what's going on with this, like samurai mask guy. Let's do it. And so eventually, Saito gets out of that, and it's resolved. But it's resolved with the help of Lin. And I should mention at this point that Lin is. I don't. Lin is the, from what the show says, he's completely straight. Straight as an arrow, but he dresses as a woman. So all he does is cross dress. He's not gay. Cross dressing is less of a. It's less of a performance piece and more of a costume, if that makes any sense. And Lin is this trained assassin. And he ultimately comes to stay with. A guy named Bamba, and Bamba is also this character that the entire underworld of this area knows as samurai. As, I think samurai or samurai mask. Uh, it's probably something more, slightly more ornate, but I'm gonna call him samurai mask. Samurai mask is like the the hitman to hire, and this show. Slowly, like, stacks up on hitmen and hackers and back alley doctors and, like, revenge for hire dudes. And ultimately, it builds to this point where the characters are just kind of living, are just kind of living through life. And so, I mean, we all know about Slice of Life anime, and that, oh, also, I talked about another show that's 
got a lot of, like, the same quality disease, and that's Jormon Guns. You can also check that out in the feed for this podcast. That's got another, like, live it, like hanging out in the underworld with people vibe. But, um, anyway, so the thing that Tokatsu Ramens excels at that I think that other shows of its ilk don't. And it's not a it's just not a knock on shows like Black Lagoon or any of those shows because I genuinely love Black Lagoon. I will like I will have moments where I'm like it's been a while since I've watched Black Lagoon. Let's watch all of Black Lagoon just because like I'm into it. Just because I need to get like get my fix of Genji slicing up some fools um in a bowling alley. Let's go. Yeah. But um thing that Hakata Ramen does Adura actually does this too. Is that Hakata Ramen gets you as a viewer to the point where you're just watching every where you feel like you're just kinda watching everyday life. You're not watching some big event. But the difference with Akata Ramen's at from um is that because it it all feels so kind of everyday life ish, even the even the events that feel that should feel more pointed, like to the um the hacker character, a guy named Enokita, he is a out. He is like estranged from his father, who's a big wig politician, and they have a whole episode where someone tries to hunt him down and kill him, and he is. His father basically sends, like, the butler to help, like, this crazy, insane super butler to help him. And it's this big moment of development for that character. And, but because it's slotted in with all this other stuff, it just feels like another day. And while that does take some of the fun and, like, bombast out of it, it doesn't doesn't negate it entirely. It just changes it to be like, oh no. Like this this is really how this would happen. Like, um not everything needs to be the orchestra fight from Jormungand or the original Roberta episodes from Black Lagoon. Not everything needs to have that like serious weight to it that lots of these like that lots of these um I'm gonna call them underworld shows have have in in those in those episodes in those events. So and what that ultimately leads to is it like I keep saying, it leads to this feeling that you are watching these characters' everyday life, and it leads to this 
kind of natural flow of the show, and it feels very, it feels very even, and it feels very even at times in the way that an Iyashke, an Iyashke show feels, and it, and this is not like by any means necessarily a healing quote unquote show. It's mostly that it's a it's a show that wants you to really ex- that makes you feel like you want to really experience this instead of just kind of like look at it for a couple minutes and uh, at um at its best moments a show like Gangsta did that and Gangsta had lots of problems believe me I've talked about them in this podcast feed but the thing that the thing that makes a show so like Gangsta so disappointing is that it had the opportunity to do the, all of the world building they were doing and not fuck it up. Now I can tell you I've read a lot more of the manga. That thing is so messed up. Like, like it. Let me put it this way. Yes, Gangster ultimately took down a whole animation studio in like it put the nail in the coffin for Monglo, just from the way it was handled and all of that stuff. But what that show was building to was not necessarily worth the time. And I, I don't mean to be cruel about that. It, it just wasn't... It, it was such a... And uh, Hakata Ramen has some of these problems, in its like final episodes, but it it has a stronger like structure of a show to lean on than Gangsta did. Gangsta tried to have conversations about basically super soldiers and like all this other bullshit. That it just, it just doesn't, like, the story just doesn't have the chops to keep it up. And it starts to get into, like, real insane, weird bullshit really quickly. And really, and, and maybe this is because the author of Gangsta was originally a shoujo author. If you want to know how you can tell that someone used to draw shoujo... Look for characters with giant hands. Because, for whatever reason, shoujo tend to have, like, larger than normal hands. But, um... Shoujo, there's certainly an ilk of shoujo that can be really, like, slow, meandering, more than a little sadistic, and more than a little, like, skirting of common sense. If you're looking for an example of that, go, um, force your eyeballs to consume hot gimmick sometime. That show, that, that comic, that manga is a nightmare. Another one is Kill Me, Kiss Me. Another one is Fruit Basket. Uh, you get the point. Like, there's, there's lots of stuff out there 
that is a, another one is Nana. I've talked about Nana on the show. The manga for Nana is like insufferable because it is just so crazy. Like things go so bad, and it would be so much easier if anybody ever talked to each other about anything ever. It's really infuriating. I, I just it it's infuriating. I'm not gonna lie. But the so. Gangsta has that problem. Um, if Black Lagoon had a problem in this respect, it is... It, well, Black Lagoon has very few problems, to be, to be perfectly clear. And it, do, it doesn't have the problem of we're not saying... We're not saying what we're thinking because it... It built what Black Lagoon does is it takes the time to build up like to an emotional boiling point over a couple episodes and then release that boiling point and then move on to the next point again and again and again and again and again. And what that ultimately does, especially that extra scene at the end of the pro show proper, not at the end of Robert of Roberta's blood trail, but at the end of the show proper. Um, there's an extra scene with Revy and, um, the sister from the Ripoff Church, I forget her name, the, the, uh, the one who's also a CIA agent, maybe a CIA agent. Um, they have a scene where, like, it's like they're torturing the audience at some point, because this, uh, Black Lagoon is a... Romance story wrapped in a underworld action show. And what I mean by that is slowly over the course of the show, the two kind of main characters, Rock and Revy, grow closer and closer and closer and closer until the end of the show happens. And there's a gap, there's like a time skip, basically, between the end of the show proper and this extra scene. And the CIA character says to Revy, says, like, did you and June Rock get up to anything? And Revy's like, I can't say. I really can't say. And the reason why it's frustrating in Black Lagoon is because Black Lagoon aim aims, like, takes you and aims you at the thing and shows you that they are making strides in, like, an actual relationship and, like, it all comes together and there's a cigarette kiss and it's one of the more beautiful things in anime I've ever seen. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sap. I'm a, I, I'm an easy cry. But, so, what that does is it lets you know they both acknowledge each other's emotions, and that 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 com that conversation that's not happening doesn't need to happen in front of you. It happened at some point. Um, in Tokatsu Ramens, however, it those conversations happen. 
And they usually happen between Lin and Bamba, because what happens eventually is Lin ends up living with Bamba, because Lin doesn't have anywhere to go. And Bamba just like, hey, man, stay here, I don't care, you can dress like a girl, I don't care, whatever. And Bamba kind of exposes Lin to this, um... kind of laissez-faire underworld inhabitant lifestyle that he got going. And the way the show gets its name is that they have what's called tonk, Tonkatsu Ramen for breakfast all the time. Like, every day, basically, I think. And at first, Lynn's like, what is this bullshit? Why, why are we eating ramen at 7 in the morning? I don't get it. And then, like, slowly but surely... He comes around, and, like, and he becomes a normal fixture among all these other normal fixtures in the cast and the underworld of, and the underworld of Hakata. And they keep running these, and the show, for most of its run, is very, it's really episodic. It, like, Maybe, I think that at no point, except for this last, like, what I'm going to call two-episode arc, or three-episode arc, um, is there ever, like, an arc that exceeds an episode? Everything is brought up and concluded by the end of every episode. So it becomes less like a... It becomes less like something that maybe Black Lagoon is, and more like something that maybe actually, hilariously, um... Lupin the Third is. And I don't know why that escaped my brain, I'm sorry. Like I said, I've had a weird day. Um, but... So, like, whereas Black Lagoon... Like, every episode leads into another episode, and they deal with things for, like, these extended periods of time. That there are, there are certain arcs to Black Lagoon that are named, like, there's the Yakuza arc is the last arc, there's the, I forget what the German Twins arc is called, but it's, it has a name. Um, I think it's called the Vampire Twins arc, quote-unquote. Um, but... Um, and there are some, like, like one-off episodes of, like, Greenback Jane, where it's all about, like, protecting this money printer, or, like, just little one-off things, but, um, there's, there's, there's a whole arc in, in, I know I'm talking a lot about Black Lagoon, but I like that show. I don't think I've done an episode on it yet, but I like that show. Um, I probably did, but I can double check. Um, there's a whole arc in Black Lagoon all about getting Nazi art away from Nazis. Who are just the dumbest motherfuckers. And, but, Tonkatsu Ramen doesn't have that, with the exception of the last, like, I, I keep thinking it's more episodes than it probably is, but let's call it the last group of episodes. I think it's got a 12-episode run. Yeah, it's 12 episodes. So it's 
it's as this episode thing episodic thing going and what it does what the episodicness does is it like binds you to the is it like binds you as a viewer to all the characters and then they slip into Lynn's backstory. It turns out that Lynn was like bought from his family or or allowed himself sold himself to this sketchy dude so his mother could be healthier and he met this and he like was trained in this like child and a child assassin training facility where he meets this other guy and they become best friends and then the assassins because they're assholes are like okay now kill each other and he can't do that until the other guy's like look I'm getting the fuck out I'm killing your ass and that but then push comes to shove Lynn wins, thinks the other guy dead, hooray hurrah, we're, we're off to, he, he, that is one of the, pri- that is one of the primary things that he used, that is used in forming his character, and I know I'm skipping over a lot of this show, and part of that is because I saw it in two huge chunks, fairly separate from each other, but the other part of it is, I think this show is worth watching, and I'm not entirely sure that it has been watched. If that makes any sense. Like, I have no doubt people have seen it, people have heard of it, but I, it took me by such surprise that it was what it was and that it was the way it was that I wouldn't be a bit surprised if people listening to me now are like, I never even considered that show before, but maybe I'll give it a try. So I want to give you kind of, like, some... Some plot stuff and some characteristic stuff, some world building stuff, but basically the last arc has to do with Lynn's past coming coming home to roost, more or less. And if I have to be honest, it is it that part is the least it's the least interesting part of the show to me because, I, and maybe this is a factor of it being recorded, being done as an adaptation of a light novel. But it feels, it feels like the end of a book, that 12 episodes. I, if they, if they, I don't know if they're planning on making another season, but if they made another season, I'd be interested to see what the next, like, mathering of adventures and, like, strong end point is because it almost seems like they had all of that stuff from the book and they scrunched it into the back half because they looked at the book and the, and the, and the world building of the book and the character of the characters in the book and said, we want to have fun with these. Like, we want to take these characters and we want to, like, just ha- just go wild and free with them. And that, that, that is to the show's benefit, definitely, because they have this... This show doesn't take itself so seriously that, like, 
the characters are these like real badasses, and it doesn't take kind of it doesn't revel in kind of like look how awesome this person is because these char these characters are in unlike the like hierarchy ladder of like the underworld. They are not like the weapons dealers from Jormungan. They are not the um the um lagoon crew from Black Lagoon. They are like people who decided what they wanted to do for a living is fuck up other people. And many of them have some of them have options to not do that. So the character and also so they have um I think his name is Samurai Mask. And then they have and this I shit you not, this is this character's like stage name. This is this character's assassin name, basically. Or hitman name. They have this guy called I think the Submarine Ninja. And when I when I tell you that the submarine ninja is like a guy who went to Hot Topic and bought edgy assassin clothes don't quite fit the part. You have some idea of what I'm talking about. And that that's what this character is. And there are maybe with the exception of the hacker character, I forget his name. Um Encoda, they have very few characters who are just kind of cool and really good at what they do. Oftentimes, they have these like weird quirky, this weird quirkiness to them. Like the the guys who exact revenge on people, they are this kind of found makeshift found family of this little girl. This big black dude and this like doctor <laughs> who's also like the show's back alley doctor, so to speak. And like Lynn cross dress like definitively cross dresses, but is also like definitely a dude. He just wears women's clothes. Um and then Bamba is because he is so because he is so aware that he is so good with a sword, he is like laid back in a way that is alarming. <laughs> and just like the and the submarine samurai guy I think is actually a like a rich kid playing assassin, basically. And just like the fact that they're having that much fun that whoever came up with Hakata Ramen to begin with had that much fun with the characters and that the anime itself has that much fun with the characters is just it it means it's a fun show. And but what that also means is like when it shifts to like this more serious end story and then it ends It loses some of the like funness, and I understand why it did it. It wanted to, 
it wanted to give Lynn an opportunity to like wax poetic about his life in Hakata. And I I can't help but wonder if that couldn't have been done some other way because Um, the way that the show was handled up till now feels a lot different than the last, up till that point, feels a lot different than that last grouping of episodes. And I think that's because the last grouping of episodes feels more like it belongs in like a gangster style underworld show than a Durarara style underworld show. It, 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 that last section of it, and this, this doesn't ruin the show by any means. It's still like, like that last section is still more Hakata Ramen's fun on a bun, absolutely. But what it also is, is it this like sudden reeling back of the idea of the show that, like, okay, the characters talk to each other, they sort shit out, they have, like, honest-to-God conversations, like, okay, look, I, I'm i into ramen at breakfast, or, okay, look, you gotta stop doing this one thing, instead of, like, tracing around it. And the thing that they have the characters of the show itself due to not only the story, but Lynn as a character. If you're like, no, like you could, like you don't get to come this far, hang out with us for this long, and then just not talk about this shit and not expect us to not help you. And it resolves it that way, and like has a real we're happy family moment to it. And while I've, like I said, I think the last like, arc of the, the, the only, uh, the last and only proper full arc in this show is kind of not it at its best. It makes sense in context, and it doesn't take away from anything else that came before. And this is like a, this is like a fun, low stakes, like, hang out in this underworld setting, crime-infested wasteland-type city deal show that knows how to have fun and knows how, and knows how to, like, make you watch a dude called the Submarine Ninja have to go to the bad... Oh, that's the other thing. The, fun, the most hilarious part of this show is all of these underworld weirdos all get together like once a week and play fucking baseball. So what that means is, is that oftentimes the show will end in a base will start or end or both, oftentimes both, in a baseball game that they go play. But it will also it also names all of the episodes after baseball terms. So the first one is play ball, the second one is irregular, the third one is teamwork, 
and so on and so forth. And it's it, it just what I guess what I'm trying to say here is that it doesn't need that not every show needs to be like the best in the world to be great. Sometimes shows just need to know what they're doing and do it really well. And as long as they do it really well, they will be great. Um, so with that said, I'm going to wrap it up here. It's a little bit of a shorter one. Not much. I'll probably end up being the same size as a normal podcast on this feed. But if you liked any of the shows that I talked about that I mentioned, you can um, check them out in the podcast feed for um, more cool anime stuff, for stuff I've written about anime and, like, videos and stuff. You can go to lunchboxpublishing.com. There'll be a link in the description of this episode. Um, There's lots of cool fun stuff there. If you like this episode, I encourage you to rate it five stars. If whatever podcast emporium you use to listen to, to listen to me let you do that yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.